You're welcome to this week's News Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Megan Scully, in for Keen Reinhardt this week. And join me first, it's editor of the Limerick Post newspaper, Jerry Collison. How are you getting on? Ah, not too bad, Megan. Great to see a little change in the team. <laughs> getting a little bit tired of, of Keen Reinhardt. <laughs> We won't uh, let them know that. Now, let's kick things off. I suppose the big hot topic right now is, of course, GE20, which is the general election. So tell us, what is in this week's paper all about it? Yeah, well, there's quite a lot. Um, But I suppose maybe the the seminal moment is that it's all all over as far as the lineup is concerned. And um, the runners and riders are strictly in place. So we have um, 12 candidates in the city and we have 12 in the county. Um, and the uh, breakdown, which is quite interesting, is that five of the 12 in the city are women, uh, but only two of the 12 in the county are women. And um, yeah, it wasn't without its drama. So the uh, nominations closed for the candidates on Wednesday. And at the end of that, we had a, a little bit of last minute drama with, uh, with the Fianna Fáil uh, candidates for the, for the county. Um, so um, Councillor Eddie Ryan was it was in place. He was the he was the nominee. He was the man that was expected to to go ahead with uh, Niall Collins, and contest for Fianna Fáil in the county. And then at the last minute, he pulled out of the race, just something like twenty four hours after being after being nominated. And he was replaced at the last minute by Councillor Michael Collins. Uh, who is not to be confused with Niall Collins, who is not to be confused with James Collins, who's in the city. Well, I have to say, it is a very busy time. I know there's been lots of knocking on doors, a lot of posters. Um, what are the kind of, the, what is the talk around town right now about the elections? Well, it's the same, I would say, as you would have predicted, let's say, two or three weeks ago, in that um, the health s- situation is fairly well taken. A lot of the headlines and a lot of the a lot of the talk around the town. Outside of that, you've got the homeless, but there's been a few um, topics that have arisen in the last week or so that just came from from left field. One of them would have been the uh, pension age, where people are. Now you won't get your pension until you're 66. Uh, next year it'll be 67 and then it'll be 68 two years after that. The problem is that a lot of people will have to retire from their jobs at 65. So what's going to happen between that and 66 and then 67 and 68? So there's all sorts of, uh, of fun and shenanigans going on around that. So that's one of the issues that wasn't an issue a few weeks ago, but has now it's a hot topic. That seems to be generating a lot of heat. And also you have um, a big row going on at the moment about the Cork to Limerick uh, motorway with the Greens coming out very strongly against and everybody else for. So that's another one that wasn't envisaged. So it just looks like as if we're going to have a few interesting sort of subjects coming up over the next few weeks. I'll tell you, it is going to be an exciting time. And as someone who travels to Cork on a weekly basis, they definitely need to do something with that road. If they don't build a motorway, at least do some sort of expansion. Now, moving on, um, the sad passing of Pat Kennedy, who was a former two-time mayor and a senator as well. Can you tell us more about him? Well, 
I suppose the term political colossus would probably apply to to Pat Kennedy as as much as it will to most to most politicians in in Limerick. Um, he would have been very much a Fine Gael stalwart, although in recent years he would have had his fallings out with the party. Uh, he would have ran as an as an independent uh, in in his last two terms, I think, in the council. Um, outside of Limerick, um, he would have been involved uh, fairly significantly with the old Midwestern Health Board, which was covering Clare, Limerick and Tipperary and would have been a fairly heavy hitter on the health board. Uh, he, was also, he was also a senator, um, would have um, been involved in a few local campaigns. One most notably, and probably the last one, would have been to rename the Shannon Bridge the John F. Kennedy uh, Bridge, in that he, he, he claimed kingship with, with, with the Kennedy family. Um, and uh, he would have uh, also been a chronicler of the Kennedy clan. Uh, he, he wrote a book um, in 2015, I think, about a largely forgotten chief justice, the first chief justice in, in the free state, um, who also was a Kennedy. Um, he was a teacher, I think, initially, and then qualified as a barrister. And he's been the subject of fairly fulsome and um, numerous tributes over the last few days. Absolutely. Incredible man by the sounds of it. Of course, condolences to his family. Now, big changes coming to Limerick City and County this time next week. A rebrand is taking place. Um, so I think it's going to certainly ruffle a few feathers and going to be quite topical. Um, I've seen it now myself, Jerry. I won't say much about it. Um, but what have we got in the paper this week? Well, we have um, two takes on the, on the new brand for Limerick. The first one is the need for this new brand um, and more or less explaining that it's going to be just more than a new logo. It's actually going to be everything around that and it's going to be underpinning um, a promotional campaign. Um, so that's, that's one element of it. It's the element that Limerick needs to project an image that is modern, that's dynamic and that sort of thing. And they go probably to the best um, location branders, we'll say, in the world. So it's Sashi, and they would have been an offshoot of the old Sashi and Sashi brand. But they have been on board for the last few months, actually coming together on that. And um, they have come up with this, uh, with this brand or logo, which only the very privileged few have actually seen. <laughs> and um, that's going to be launched next week. The second element of it, of course, is the cost. And this is, you know, something that's very, very subjective. Now, we had a fairly big um, to-do over the UL uh, rebranding a few months ago. Uh, and the cost and the outcome and everything like that. Um, in this case, uh, the whole rebranding consists not just of the new logo or brand, but also about the advertising around that, that will, that will more or less get it out into the, into the public domain. Um, so there's two elements to it. So it's estimated it's going to cost about a million euro, all told. Uh, 
less than half of that would actually be on the creation of the, the logo itself. The rest of it would be um, for advertising, print, online, and there also would be a fairly big international dimension to it. You know, it's not just it's not just for the for the domestic or the local market. This is something that's meant to be out there, attracting foreign direct investment, and you know, more or less putting Limerick out there as um, as a, a location for people to come from outside of Ireland and from within Ireland to for work-life balance. Well, I have to say, as I said, it's a very interesting time for Limerick City and Council in so many ways. And uh, I have to say, all those stories you mentioned are, of course, in the Limerick Post newspaper, available now across most shops, most good shops, they say, all around Limerick City and County. Jerry Collison, thank you so much for chatting to me this week. You're more than welcome. Joining me now is journalist Bernie English. Bernie, how are you getting on? Good, Megan. How are you? We have a very different arrangement here today. This is very neat, I have to say. <laughs> yes, I tried to change things up. Uh, I've taken over from Keane for the week as he's in holidays. And yes, the technology we're using right now is a little bit different. Um, let's get straight to it, though. So um, the story we're going to first talk about is uh, the lead story in this week's newspaper. Can you tell us about it? Yes, Megan. We had um, we, the, pre- the council during the week sent out um, an announcement that they are going to try to harmonise uh, rents in the city and county. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a long time coming because, of course, the council has been amalgamated for quite some time now. So as one local authority, it seemed very bizarre that, you know, one set of tenants in the city were paying a very different, were paying under a very different scheme to the ones in the county. Um, now, the thing is, it's going to be good news for some tenants. For a very, for a small number of tenants, it will mean they're actually going to get a decrease. Okay. But the bad news for some tenants is that they are going to be paying 50 euros or more and up to 100 euros over the next three years extra per week. That is a huge jump and obviously that is a a lot of money to have to gather up if you're used to paying one amount of rent and then that jump is quite significant. Well, I mean, the council have said, and it is true, that um, all of their rents are differential and this is the scheme which they're going to apply throughout the county and city now. All of the rents are differential and are income dependent. So they say, you know, you're only going to have that kind of a rise if you actually have an income which can support that. But, um, you know, if you think about it, anybody who's paying a mortgage, anybody who's renting privately, that's €400 Euros a month. That would be one hell of an increase to allow a private landlord to impose on a tenant, um, especially now that we're talking about rent control in Limerick. So, now, I hasten to add this is not happening except over three years, but there will be some tenants who will have 50 plus a week extra to pay right from the get-go, which is next week, by the way. That's absolutely significant, and I suppose we could talk about rent here all day as someone who's renting in Limerick City myself and the, the way that rent is rising. It's rising at a rapid rate, I think, for everyone. It certainly is, Megan, but I mean, I suppose the message from this is you just be thankful you're not a council tenant. Mm-hmm. You know? The only upside of being a council tenant is that you're, all, your, all, your, all your maintenance is done for you and you have some security of tenure in the place. But um, it's, it's really, they said they're going to invest a lot of the money that they're going to garner with these rent rises uh, back into maintaining the city's housing stock and that they have a 15 million scheme. Mm -hmm. And that's how they headed up their press release to us. But when you drill down into that a little bit further, you see what's actually in the content of it. And great, you know, if they're going to spend 15 million on upgrading city housing, that's fantastic. There is is an argument to say that they are the landlords and they're supposed to do that anyway. Um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to be a council tenant next week. No, it's not. It's, it's a very tough time. Um, now, moving on to um, flu season. I guess we thought that maybe flu season was over, but it seems it's actually, um, I suppose, it's it's a pretty bad time right now. 
Uh, yeah, Megan, I don't know. have I anything but bad news for you this week? <laughs> not, not really, no. <laughs> uh, no, next, actually, you know, the, the, what's in the news at the moment is this new, this new virus that's uh, erupted mm. and causing everyone chaos and, and fear coming from um, China. You know, let's, let's, let's be real here. <laughs> we have a much more serious problem right on our doorstep. Um, flu, ordinary commoner gardener flu claimed five lives in the Midwest since last October. And um, a total of 515 people have been struck down with, with, with flu. Uh, a, a very large number of those have had to be hospitalised. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, look a bit closer to home before we panic about what's coming from China. And the thing is, we thought the flu season was over. It's not. It seems to be having a second wave this year. So what the HSE are saying is that if you have not yet been vaccinated, go and get yourself vaccinated, especially if you're in any of the at-risk groups there's really no reason to try to risk getting... The flu is a virus. It's a very severe disease. Antibiotics don't help it. Mm. Um, you know, people who are in the whole of their health and younger people can just suffer with it. <laughs> stay home, take rest, stay warm, do that, and it'll pass in a couple of weeks. But for anybody who has any underlying condition whatsoever or people who are working in the health service industry, really, you know, vaccination is the only way. Absolutely. And I think as well, I feel like every second person I've met um, so far this year has told me that they spent most of Christmas wiped out and they are healthy people that don't have any underlying conditions and they were bed bound for one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. So you can only imagine what this flu is causing to people, as you said, that um, have um, some kind of an issue already. Yes. And then the thing is that, you know, it gets to a stage where for quite a lot of people, even though people who are in the whole of their health before find they have to go to, to the ED and their doctors are sending them there because they're developing chest problems and pulmonary problems and all kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very severe dose and a second wave of it is on the way with slightly different. So, you know, it's still worthwhile getting vaccinated. And it really is, you know, we've all seen it. I, I don't think anybody, I've met anybody who isn't coughing and spluttering and some people are better able to cope with it than others, but it's extremely infectious it's still on the rampage, so just be careful. As I said, do get your flu jabs. Uh, these stories are all available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper, Bernie English. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thanks, Megan, and have a lovely week and don't get the flu. I'm now joined by Rose Rush to talk all things entertainment and arts. Rose, how are you getting on? Terrific, Megan. Um, we, listener, we have something wonderful to tell you. Um, Megan and myself, our interests frequently overlap. Uh, her choices for her show, what I do on Arts Page. Most recently, uh, her terrific interview with Clodagh Lawler, uh, who won the Late Late Show's Search for a Country Star last year. That was a nationwide and very competitive search. And Clodagh Lawler really, really, really knocked it out of the park when she played for the Metis Music for Mental Health gig in Dolan's in early January and gave her services for free. And uh, I think you covered the show as well. You interviewed Carl Daly, he's co-producer with John Daly, Megan. Anyway, you have news for us about your show. <laughs> Tell us. I will certainly do. Uh, the Limer Post Show has been nominated for Best Newcomer at the Digital Media Awards. Uh, we just found out and the awards show takes place in Dublin um, around the middle towards the end of February. So we're absolutely delighted that the show um, that is, I suppose, still so young um, has been nominated for its first ever award. So I'm absolutely delighted and it's been great as well to have so much support, not just in the Limerick Post, but to all our, um, everyone that's been on the show, everyone that's, you know, interacting on social media, everyone that's shared it and everyone that has um, just commented on it so uh, we're absolutely delighted because we feel we're kind of getting Limerick out there and we're showing people all around not just Ireland but around the world everything great that Limerick City and County has going for it at the moment so absolutely honoured so thank you so much Rose. 
That's great. I mean, it's an extraordinary achievement. Uh, the show mm. wasn't even born or conceived <laughs> or thought up of as, as recently as last April. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. We're just so blown away by it. It was only me, yeah, that we kicked things off and we kind of said, we didn't really know at the start what exactly we were going to do or what way it would go. So we spent a few weeks kind of trialling different um, formats and now we feel we've found the best we format. yourself and Keen Reinhardt, correct? That's it, just we're a two-man show. That's all we are, just Keen and I. That's yeah. that's we talk about we, I just mean the pair of us. But uh, I think we make a good team and it's great that now to see all our hard work, uh, I suppose, being recognised. Well, look, it's full of interesting, juicy, competent content. Thank you so much, Rose. Now, we'll go on to the arts and entertainment and the newspaper this week. Tell us what is going on. Yeah, a couple of things for, for well, for this week. And Granite Players are open with a, a play I don't know anything about. It's the Government Inspector. It's based on a, a Russian classic, uh, allegedly not anti-state, but apparently the Government Inspector is an inspector who calls to a community. Mm-hmm. And within the community, there's much resistance to him and his oversight and his attempts to introduce governance and confidence and stuff like that. Uh, because everybody in the village, Greta Player is telling me, uh, in the notional village within this show, the government inspector is on the take, um, up for aggrandizement, wealth, bribes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a funny comedy. It's opening in Granite Community Centre for a three-night weekend this Friday, tonight, and again next weekend, a three-night weekend. Absolutely incredible. It's great to see so much going on all around the city and the county. Anything else that we need to note? Yeah, on Sunday afternoon, there's the most gorgeous concert in St. Munchen's Church. That's St. Munchen's Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a Church of Ireland one as well. Um, its roof is in poor repair and there are other works need to be done. I hear that about two million is required wow. to bring things up to better order. So Limerick Choral Union have got a band of 80 of their 144 members together for a concert at 3pm this coming Sunday the 26th. Uh, they have some uh, musicians as well. They have soloists and they're going to do um, sacred music from Mozart, Jenkins, Rutter and, uh, and of course Handel's Messiah, which everybody loves. Wow, it sounds absolutely incredible. Great to see so much happening, um, Rose. Um, anything else now you want to add before we uh, head off? Yeah, um, more comedy coming up uh, next weekend. I'll tell you more a little bit about it next week. Janet Moran, she's a writer and an actress. Now she's a director and a writer for this coming show. It's called A Holy Show. And it's based on the most extraordinary incident. My jaw dropped an interview, Megan, when I was talking to her. Listen to this. This is the nub of her show. And she has made a comedy that has uh, sold out at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm. It's sold out at Dublin Theatre Festival. Uh, It's now touring across the country to big houses. It's coming to... um, Bell Table, um, it's, it's coming next weekend, January the 31st and Saturday the 1st. The nub of the show is this. A holy show is rooted in fact, the 1981 hijacking of an Aer Lingus flight from Dublin to London by a former Trappist monk. His weapon was an empty water bottle and his pursuit was the unknown secret that Our Lady of Fatima revealed to shepherd children. But that was not further revealed on, as soon as the third secret of Fatima. So I say to her, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she smiles and she says, yeah, look, I wanted to make something joyful for the audience. So we're in for a good time. Sounds absolutely incredible. Rose Rush, thank you so much. Remember, you can read about all of this in the Limer Post newspaper, which is available now. Thank you so much. Great, Megan. Thanks for having me.
And now finally to the Limer Post show and everything that we've been doing this week on the show. Team Limer cleanup took place during the week and Keen went along to the LIT Gaelic Grounds and chatted to Paul O'Connell. It's for TLC6, of course, that massive cleanup taking place on Good Friday. And uh, I know they have broken so many records over the years with the amount of rubbish they've been collecting all around Limerick City and Council. Also this week, we launched Meals for Millennials, episode one. Um, Owen Sheehan and I will be taking you through a six-part series where we'll be making and creating quick, easy, nutritious, healthy meals um, aimed at, I guess, busy young people who don't have time, like myself basically, um, to cook. Um, But obviously I want to get good, healthy meals and uh, learning loads off him. I have to say the first episode is uh, how to boil an egg, but um, it's so much more than just that. And uh, there's a lot more to boiling an egg than you'd actually think. So that is available across all our social media. Um, Also, um, I chatted to Rory McKiernan, who is now working for Narrative 4. And he told me all about the projects that they're running for the first part of the year, and also some of the work that he's doing himself. He's such an interesting guy and uh, he was so lovely to chat to as well. Also, the launch of the Regeneron Great Limerick Run took place in the Strand Hotel and I went along um, to it. And I have to say, last year I took part in the um, kind of six mile 10k race and I have to say it was so much fun. It takes place on Riverfest weekend and I would highly recommend you to uh, get involved. Um, you could have loads of time to get training for it and to get your fitness up. And to be honest, like last year, I actually didn't do much running training. Um, I was playing a lot of tag rugby at the time but I actually hadn't ran much at all and I managed to get through it not a bother and as I said it was such a memorable moment and I can't wait to take part this year again um, so as I said loads happening on the show um, if you want to watch any of the videos you can head over to limmerpost.ie forward slash show that's where you'll find all our content also to make notes if you follow us across all our social media channels make sure to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter Facebook, we're on LinkedIn as well just search for Limerick Post thank you so much um, for tuning into this week's news podcast podcast. I'm your host Megan Scully but don't worry uh, Kean will be back with us next week. Have a wonderful weekend.